Welcome to this Thursday evening meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. This evening's message is by Claire Daniels. And Father, just we come to you tonight and we seek you and we pray tonight. Lord, I pray for a fruitful evening. Father, the, thank you, Jesus, for effective prayers tonight. Thank you, Father, for town, community, church transforming prayers tonight. Lord, as we come into your presence and we seek your face. Hallelujah. Amen. We are not in a season of prayer at the moment. We're not in a season of prayer. There are seasons for all sorts of things. There are seasons and seasons are good. And there are seasons when God intensifies something. But he hasn't taken us into a season of prayer. What he's taken us into over the last year or two is into a lifestyle of prayer. This is not something that God is taking us into at the moment that is for a season. It's not something that he's taking us into that is for a flash in the pan. It's not for a year. It's not for two years. This is for generations. And what I'm praying, what I'm believing for is that we are going to be a people that see revival. And my definition of revival, there's all sorts of great definitions of revival. People have got all sorts of nice little quotes and nice sort of nice things. This is what revival is. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and sharing meals, communion, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them and the apostles performed, everyone performed, many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared money with those in need. They worshipped at the temple each day, met in homes and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God, enjoying the favour of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That is revival when we've got a people that are living like that day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, and seeing daily people saved. If we're seeing people saved daily, that's revival, isn't it? When we're living as a church like that, that's all we need is our definition of revival. If we want to know what revival looks like, just keep going back. And I keep going back, I think, since Faith Camp this year, last year, Faith Camp last year, Andy Elms was speaking from it. And I just keep going back to this. Acts 2, 42 to 47 is what we are looking for. That's all we need. It's here. We don't need anything clever at all. We need those few verses. Take those five verses. If we're doing that, we are going to be living in all that we are praying for and all that we're longing to see. But we're we're not even just praying for this and seeing it for a generation. What my heart's desire is, is that the toddlers we've got, Noah, Rue, Timmy, Crystal, those two-year-olds that we've got, one two-year-olds that we've got amongst us, that in 10, 15, 20 years' time, they say it's not something new. They say, I'm just standing on the shoulders of the people that have gone before me. All I'm doing is I'm living in, I've been brought up in a house where we were living this and we were living this and I've been building on it. This has been my lifestyle for the last 20 years. That's what we want to see and that's what we want to be living in and that's what I want to see for them. We are praying for a generation. We are praying for the next generation, the next generation. Until the Lord returns, we don't want to go in go like this do we in kind of waves of things I know things do go in seasons and they do go in waves but we want to be building precept upon precept we want to be building going up and up and seeing God doing more and more not just saying we're going to see this for a year or two and then 
it all goes to a low and then another generation has to come up and see it happen. Let's be a people that are praying out there, that are praying for what's going to happen in generations to come and not just so focused on what's happening now. I do believe that we are on the, we're toward, coming towards that real harvest time. We are, and God is preparing us for that, and that is what he is doing. But more importantly, it's a harvest that is building something for generations to come. And when we start to be praying like that and thinking like that, we need to be thinking in a way that is sustainable. We need to be praying in a way that's sustainable. We need to be living in a way that's sustainable because there's no point actually in going 100 miles an hour and then crash and burning in two months. It doesn't work, does it? If we are thinking, God, we want, we want the toddlers in our church as young men and women of God to be walking in the heritage that we have built up and we want them to be walking in a revival that they've been walking in for 10 20 years if that's what we want we need to build something that is really sustainable amongst ourselves and we need to be letting God establish something within us that we can do week in week out year in year out you know none of us want to be in a place where we're running 100 miles an hour and then we're crashing and burning do we and I, I believe that's something that God is saying to us and something that we're going to just do a little bit of tonight. Because when something's sustainable, it's a delight. You know, if something's hard work, it is not usually a delight and it's not usually that sustainable. But God wants a people who love to pray, whose delight it is to pray, who can't wait to get here on a Thursday night. You're here on a Thursday night. So, you know, you probably were kind of like, yeah, I want to go. But it's got to be, he wants it to be our delight. He didn't put us in a place of prayer where it's going to be hard work, where it's going to be difficult there is a cost to it. There is a cost to it. And do we want to offer God something that doesn't have a cost to it? You know, that something is precious to God when we actually, it does cost us something. But because there's a cost to it doesn't mean that it's hard, that it's difficult, or it doesn't have to be. And I've been reflecting on this a little bit over the recent, I don't know, month or so really. And just for me, feeling like I've stepped into, for the first, probably the first time in my life, actually, if I'm honest, I've stepped into this place where it is consistently a delight. It is consistently something that I really want to be doing. And last month or so hasn't been a particularly easy month, and I've been struggling with a lot of things, but it, and it's been kind of outside of that. Everything's really hard. And I stepped for me, because I'm here quite a bit and doing a lot of stuff in the prayer room, I step into the prayer room. And it's kind of like, Jesus, I can pray. This is amazing. Something happens. There's an anointing to pray. Something happens. It's like, God, it doesn't matter what else is going on. And it sometimes feels really kind of hypocritical. I'm like, I'm really struggling with everything right here get into the prayer room and I can really pray. But actually, God wants it to be a delight. He wants it to be something that's easy. And even when everything else is difficult around us, prayer can be easy. It can be. And I feel like it's very much sort of Matthew 11. You come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take on me, take on my yoke and learn from me. Actually, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus never said there wouldn't be a burden. 
there is a burden. We have a burden to pray for Scarborough. We have a burden to pray for the church. We have a burden to pray for this nation. But he didn't say it would be a crushing burden unless you choose to do it without him. But his yoke, there is a yoke and there is a burden. But suddenly, because he wants to partner with us, it becomes easy. It becomes sustainable. And if we will say we are going to yoke ourselves to him and we are going to take on his burden and we are going to walk this journey of learning to pray with him. As we do that, something so precious happens because all the other stuff falls off and that weariness and that burdenness falls off us. On a Thursday night when we come, by the end of it, we should feel better for being here. If we don't, talk to somebody because you're probably you're trying to do it in your own strength or something's not quite right because we should feel good after we've been here. When we've prayed, when we've sought God, when we've been in his presence, when we've worshipped, he will do something in us. Pastor Paul's been talking about that, hasn't he? He just does something in us, whether we know it or not. And that's what we want to see happening. And that's what will make things sustainable because then other people go, wow, this is easy. I want to come. And it's not trying to make prayer simple and easy for the sake of it being um, something that isn't weighty. It is. But when there's an ease to something, I think the phrase God gave me, I felt the Lord was giving me was that we're to embrace the cost, but seek the ease. There is a cost to embrace. There's a cost in time. There's a cost in energy. There's a cost in giving up other things. There is a cost. And we're to embrace that cost, but we're to seek the ease in it, not seek the hard things. Sometimes we can think the harder it is, the more worn out I am, the better a job I've done of praying. His burden is easy. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. That's not necessarily the case. I've expended tons of energy. That might be a reflection of how effective your prayers have been, but it might not. It's not necessarily an indicator. It might be, but it's not necessarily an indicator. There is an ease that the Lord wants to give us in this season. He's not trying to make this difficult for us. He's not saying, I want to see Scarborough saved and I'm going to make this as hard work for you as I possibly can. He's not doing that. It's not like it's easy. We have an enemy who comes against us, but it is simple. It is simple. Um, Jesus said over and over again, according to your. He didn't say according to how many words you prayed. He didn't say according to he didn't even say according to his power. Actually, from his words, he didn't say according to how quiet you were, how loud you were, or how much you talked, how little you talked. He didn't say that. He said, according to your faith. And actually, faith isn't that difficult. We've all heard Pastor Paul talk about it over and over again. Faith is not that difficult. And we just need to step into that place of believing. And that's it. And I'd want us to be so encouraged tonight that the prayers that we pray... If, we start, if we're praying them in faith, they are powerful and effective prayers. They might be long. They might be short. They might be loud. They might be quiet. They might have lots of words. They might be groanings. But if they're coupled with faith, they are powerful. You might feel that your prayer is so weak. Your prayer is so small. You don't have any words. You might feel, listen to somebody else praying for ages and ages and ages. It's an amazing prayer. And think, I'm never taking that microphone because I cannot pray like that. 
Your prayer is powerful. Your prayer is strong. And your prayer means something to Jesus. He loves it. He loves it. When we come and we pray, he loves it. It delights his heart. And tonight, let's just, we're going to worship and we're going to pray. But I want us to feel the delight of the Father's heart as we pray. It doesn't matter how weak your prayer is or you feel it is. It is not. And even if it is, even if it is weak prayer, that's okay. Jesus delights in it. He delights in it. And that is what he wants to do. And when, when we know that, that sustains us. That keeps us going. That's what makes you go back and pray tomorrow. That's what makes you go back and pray the next day. Jesus delighted in my prayer. I'm going back. I want to delight him again. I'm going back. I'm going back. That was fun. I really enjoyed that. I didn't feel any pressure. I didn't have to do A, B, and C. But I had to come and just came into the presence of God. And I prayed. And he delighted in it. When we're particularly in the prayer room, we pray a lot. Um, you know, Jesus, we want to see what you see. We want to hear what you hear. We want to feel what you feel. We pray that. We sing it a lot anyway. And why do we do that? We do it because when we see what Jesus sees, something of faith rises up in us. And it's according to our faith. So if we can see what Jesus sees about the church, we will love the church and we will pray effectively for the church. If we can hear what Jesus hears for Scarborough, we will, faith will rise in us and we will pray effectively. If we can feel what Jesus feels for the people around us, there will be such a love born in our heart. There will be such a faith that rises in us that our prayers will become those effective prayers that move mountains. They just will. But we have to see Jesus first. We have to hear Jesus first. We have to know him. We have to feel his heart. Because if we do it apart from those things, then we're not going to be catching the heart of God as we pray. And is it really worth praying if we're not? You know, Jesus lives to ever intercede for us. I want to be praying the prayers um, that Jesus is praying around the throne of God. I know I've said that before, but I'm always like, Jesus, I want to know what you're praying. I don't want to pray what I'm want to pray you know the holy spirit prays jesus prays we've got two of them at it so you know if we can catch on to what one of them are praying then we're going to be doing a good thing because jesus prayers are always answered the holy spirit's prayers are always answered so if we want answered prayers let's see what he is saying so sustainable prayer easy prayer there are seasons in how we pray. We all know this because we've all lived through lots of seasons in the way that we, God has led us here to pray. Uh, it ebbs and it flows. Sometimes he leads us in, in very loud prayer. Sometimes he leads us in very quiet prayer. And we've done all sorts of things. And so everybody has a natural way that they pray. And I don't know, a few people here tonight need to hear this. The way that you pray is good and is absolutely great. Just because you don't pray the way someone else prays easily is not your natural way. That does not make it wrong. We all have different ways that we find it easy and we find it natural to pray. And that's good and that's okay. But as a body, we will ebb and we will flow with different things. So over the last few weeks, the last couple of months, we've been really crying out to God and God's been putting a cry in our heart. And I love to pray like that. I find don't find it difficult. I love to pray like that. But I know other people find it very, very difficult to pray like that. 
that's okay. That's okay. But when, we, when we're praying for a season in a way that you feel comfortable and we move on to another season you don't feel so comfortable, don't resent that because somebody else is loving the new season. Someone else is loving that. But it's really important we all go with it because it's only when we step out of what is comfortable for us that we suddenly find ourselves caught in that river and we just go so much faster than we could have done at any other time. So we want to embrace every season, uh, even if we don't feel naturally comfortable with it. And one of the things that we do here a lot, and we're going to do this tonight a bit more intentionally than we normally do it. We always, we don't always in every meeting, but on a Thursday night particularly we do. And we do most of the time in the prayer room and we always have done in Kingdom Faith is to combine worship with prayer. Why do we do it? Well, lots of reasons. One, because worship is in itself prayer. It is effective as a it's declaration. It's prayer. It is prayer as we do it. Um, and secondly, I don't know if this has ever been anything conscious ever in kingdom faith, but it makes it a whole lot easier. You know, we can pray for an hour with worship a whole lot easier than praying for an hour without worship. Most of us. I know some people can just go for it for now. I find it quite difficult, but if you put worship into the mix, suddenly this is easy. Suddenly this is, yeah, I can pray for an hour. So we're going to do that, but we're going to do it a bit more intentionally tonight. And we're actually going to combine the worship and prayer a lot more. In Revelation 5.8, it talks, most of you know this scripture, it talks about around the throne and the harp and the bowl, even in heaven, worship and prayer come together. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. They they do it together, even in heaven. There's something about the power and the impact of worship and prayer that just, it does something. don't even know what it does, but it does something. And the other thing is to use scripture when we're praying. And we do do that. Again, we do this quite a bit, but again, we're going to be quite intentional about it tonight. What I want to do tonight is I'm going to give us a little bit of a a very loose structure, which doesn't mean that that's we're tied to that. The Holy Spirit can do whatever he likes. But sometimes when we have a loose structure, it gives us a freedom in it to explore um, different ways of praying. Uh, But we'll see what the Holy Spirit does, because I often come with a plan and the Holy Spirit does something different. Uh, But this is the idea. But when we use scripture to pray, we know we are praying the will of God. So it really helps. So if you say, if you're someone that says, I don't know what to pray, everybody else has got loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of words. There's loads and loads and loads of words in here. You might not want to pray through numbers, but you know, a lot of it is pretty good, but you probably could. That's a challenge. Okay. If anybody wants to take up that challenge, um, let me know how it goes. Um, I started a bit of an aside. No, 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 I didn't start. Sorry, I need to finish that sentence. So I didn't start praying that through numbers. Um, but I started uh, singing through Revelation. And um, do you know what happens when you start singing scripture and not just, well, when you read scripture, your eyes go over familiar things. They just do. So you don't, when you're just reading it, you don't get the depth of it. So a good thing to do is to speak it and read it out loud. Great. And that's really good. But when you sing it, there is something happens in your spirit and you suddenly, like, 
oh my goodness, I didn't, I'd never seen that before. But because you're singing it, I don't know what it is, but God's made it. You know, we've got music all around us. God's made it. So music is so, so powerful. Try it. Try it tonight. Tonight's going to be a really good time to try it. Actually, you don't have to try it with a microphone. Although if you wish to, that is absolutely fine. Um, worship team, if you actually worship team, if you've got Bibles with you, can you make sure you do have, take Bibles onto the stage? That'd be fab. Um, and if you do want to sing some scripture, then do. But it's a really good time to practice it. Um, but singing scripture is really powerful. I was going somewhere with that. Um, the word of God. You've got lots of words. If you don't know what to pray, there's a lot here. But some of the best prayers to pray in scripture are what are called the apostolic prayers. And there's quite a lot of them. Well, there's not masses, but there's quite a lot of them. And right at this moment, I can't remember how many there are. Somebody will probably remember and shout out the number to me. Uh, Most of them, they're prayers that were prayed and written down by Paul mostly, but also some by Peter um, and one or two others. But they're mostly the um, Pauls. And they're found found in the epistles. And they're prayers that he prayed for the churches Now, all the prayers that are written down in the New Testament for us in these apostolic prayers, they are all prayers for the church. None of them, except for one, which is a prayer for Israel. Every other one is a prayer for the church. Because what they knew, coming back to where I started, was if the church is living in the fullness of all that God has given her, the world's going to get saved. The rest of it's going to happen. It is going to flow out of it. So tonight I want us to pray initially, primarily for the church, um, although God has spoken to me about every time we pray, praying for Scarborough. So we will end up praying for Scarborough at some point. Um, but I want us to pray for the church. I want us to use these apostolic prayers and I want us to use them to pray into them. And I, we're going to use the worship team to as we pray and we pray through some of these things they're going to help us they're going to pick up on some things that we're praying they're going to start to sing we're going to join in with the songs that they're singing because you know how pastor paul is always talking about the power of agreement and when we when someone's praying to encourage them you know come on amen you know he encourages us to do that there's a power in it now if we can take that a step further And we can start to pick out what someone's praying and we can start to sing it and declare it ourselves. We take that prayer and we do something. We take it deeper. We take it to another level. We we do something with it. We don't just they don't say amen and we move on to the next thing, but we take hold of it. We honor that prayer and we start to do something with it and we dig deep into it. And when we do that, God then takes us to somewhere else and he leads us to where he's going. And you go on a journey with that. And we're going to try and do a bit of that tonight. Some of you are very familiar with doing this. Uh, so I'd like you to be really proactive in this, please. Um, but it'd be great if everybody can really try and, and have a go and engage with this. Because it's not a passive thing. This is not something that you watch other people doing. This is something where you take hold of what God is saying and what someone is praying and start to dig it out, dig out the treasure in that prayer. And let's use it and let's, um, yeah, let's milk it, milk that prayer for, for all it's worth. So some of the apostolic prayers, if you've got a pen or a Bible and you want to, I'm only going to give you three. If you get other scriptures during the evening, you want to come and pray through from those. 
that is absolutely fine. But I would like to start with these because these, they're prayers in the Bible. Do you think God is going to answer the prayers that are in the Bible? Kind of going to be good prayers, aren't they? So, you know, if we don't know what to pray, these, these are a great places to start. So let's play apostolic prayer bingo. So there are some people I know who's going to win this. Um, what is the first one that we're going to use? Indeed, Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. See, I knew that apostolic prayer bingo was a possibility. Um, <laughs> we do it on worship, worship team. We have song, song bingo. See what, see what the worship leader is going to do. Um, oh, I do. Nigel does. They don't all join in. Um, Ephesians 1, 17 to 20. Okay, Jossie, don't laugh. Um, says, I'll read through these and then we're going to get going. Actually, worship team, if you want to come up, that'd be great. I'm just going to read through these. Um, I'll probably give a little bit of direction as we go, but we're going to worship and then we'll, we'll start to pray and follow those that are leading. Okay, this one says, I pray for you constantly asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people, rich in uh, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Sorry, can't talk tonight. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the heavenly places at God's right hand. Good prayer to pray. What's the next one in Ephesians then, someone? Chapter 3, that's the one. I pray, verse 16, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will go down into God's love and strengthen you. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. We could pray that prayer in different ways for the next hour. You know, if we truly get the love of God so fully rooted in us, then everything else will follow and everything else will... We will see Scarborough transformed if we're a people that know the love of God in the way that Paul is praying for the Ephesian church there. It's not, it's okay if we keep praying the same prayers over and over again. That is okay. And the other one that we're going to use. Very good, Karina. Colossians 1, 9 to 12. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> Was that where you were? You were in Philippians. Ah, oh, see, I skipped that one. Yeah. So <laughs> Colossians 1, verse 9 to, my, yeah, 9 to 12. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. Your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better. We also pray you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father 
He's enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Awesome prayers to pray for the church. We're going to worship for a bit and then I'll kick it off. And let's all just, as many of us as possible, join in. Come, read, read the bit of scripture that you're going to pray. Read it and then pray something from it. Let the worship team do their stuff. Let's all join in with that. And then the next person come. And let's see what the Holy Spirit does and how he leads us tonight. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.